Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. Here with me is, by this point in the week, wide receiver expert, Benjamin Solak. Oh, ben, we have, we have watched so many wide receivers this week, and that is not in any way a complaint of mine at all, because this class, as we are finding out by the day, is incredible. And here we are on a Thursday, and if you guys know how our summer scouting series goes... I feel like I almost like tongue twist that every time I say it. But if you know how this goes by now, we talk about three or four guys on a Monday, same thing on a Tuesday, a couple more on a Wednesday. Then we really get to a lot of different names on a Thursday. We're trying to give you at least 15, 20, no matter what position is names. We're up to like 20 wide receiver names or something that we have watched. And Mm -hmm. I mean, bad is not in my vocabulary with any of these guys. And I do not think... I've I've been doing this for two years now on this... Well, three years, actually. It's my third year doing it on this podcast. And it was not like that before. I mean, last year, sometimes I even struggled to get top fives at certain positions. You told me yesterday you you didn't want to make me have you do a top five, which we're going to do on Friday. But, geez, man, these these guys are good. We tried to list... Guys, we did, like, seniors... On Monday, Tuesday with yes. Richard Jr. Right. And then we did juniors on Wednesday and we did like the four good ones. If you missed Wednesday's pod, LaVisca Chanel, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, and of course, Jerry Judy. Like they were the four. And yet. And yet. Pod, and yet. Big dramatic pregnant pause. One of the players, at least one of the players we talk about today, will make it into my top five on Friday. Which like is just bananas to talk about. We have... So many good, 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 good wide receivers in this class. It's going to be thrilling all year long. I think I cannot I, wait for analytics Twitter to start arguing with us. I think, uh, I think I have a feeling I know who your your top five guy is. But let's start out with a guy who may or may not be in your top five. That's Henry Ruggs the third from Alabama. He, you know, we talked about Jerry Judy yesterday. Um, we're talking about Henry Ruggs today. We could very well talk about um, Donovan Smith, who is also really great as a junior. I think it's Devonta Smith. Oh, okay. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Devonta Smith. You're right. I'm... Yeah, Devonta, Devonta. Okay, thank you. Um, we could very well be talking about Devonta Smith, who has had multiple big plays for Alabama over the last couple of years. And the guy that we can't even talk about is Waddle, because he's not even a draft-eligible player. <laughs> and so the, these four Alabama wide receivers and what we're going to see the arsenal that Tua has to work with this year is pretty incredible. We highlighted Jerry Judy yesterday. Henry Ruggs is the guy that we're talking about today. I had people, I, I've gone through Henry Ruggs' film this week and I've tweeted out some of his plays that I've really enjoyed. And one of his plays was him getting hit really hard, um, staying up and, and fighting for extra yards. And I said in that tweet, Henry Ruggs might be the fastest player in college football, but he's also the toughest. And a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know if he's the fastest. You know, this guy's pretty fast. Guys. Yes, listen, listen. listen. Go watch the play against Missouri, I think it is. Yes, it is. Where he just absolutely, we talked about this with Travis Etienne. I've only seen two players ever really have this kind of speed like angle shattering speed during my time as a scout one of them's travis Etienne, the other one's henry ruggs are you aware of the henry ruggs track story um 
I knew he'd ran track, but what's the, you probably know the details if you're asking me this. I know, I know he's a track guy, but you tell me. Yeah. So Brad Kelly and I were both track guys growing up. And so like, you know, we chat about this at times and Brad told me this story and I can't even like my jaw hit the floor. Like if you don't like run track, like you won't really know what, like how the, the impact of this, but you can still understand Henry Ruggs joined track as a senior in high school. He left the, his senior year as the Alabama 100 meter state champion in seven a right. So objectively he joined that year and just decided to beat everybody that year. But the second meet he ever ran, he ran a 10-4-2 100-meter dash. So the amount of natural speed you have to have to just not be that good at like starting and pacing the run, like getting out of the blocks, understanding like how, how, how to let open your stride, how to get into you know, your flying 80 or whatever you want. He doesn't have any of this ingrained. He just learned all this knowledge. He ran a 10 Four, two, that is ungodly. The like, like you cannot. This is the fastest player in college football. I have no doubt. And it shows up, mind. and it shows up pretty easily. Is the thing we talk about? You know, track stars as football players is not a new concept. This has been something that's been going on for a long time. But a lot of times, you, you'll read about guys' track background, and you go, "Oh, okay, that's a really nice you know, footnote when talking about their scouting." Henry Ruggs, it's obvious. Henry Ruggs, it's like the other way around. You watched him on the football field, and you went, this guy had to have ran track, right? Because this is a state championship left on the shelf if he didn't. And that's I mean, what I saw when I saw Henry Ruggs. This guy, and, and I, I want to, I certainly want to marvel in this guy's speed, but the reason why I wanted to talk about him here today is that he is so much more. Um, he's He's not a big dude. He's like six foot, Maybe like 180 pounds, man. He ain't that big. But he is so tough after contact. Whether it is popping up after a big hit or even having he balance. Breaks tackles, man. And breaking tackles. He's got great hands, great concentration, strong hands. Catching through contact in a couple of those back of the end zone catches. The one-handed catch, I can't remember. Was that also against Missouri? I can't remember what the one-handed catch was. Where he's just going across the middle and Tua throws a little bit behind him and he just reaches out and plucks oh, the that bad boy. Like way behind him. Yeah, and he just plucks it with one hand and you go, "This is ridiculous." If this guy's got this kind of speed with these kind of hands with that kind of toughness, look, I, I don't know how right. many wide receivers I'm ever going to see in my life that are that are six foot flat, 180 pounds that I'm going to call a complete wide receiver. Henry Ruggs is one of them. I was so incredibly impressed by everything that this young man brings to the table. He's. I just need. I just need people to to know that he is more than just speed, and his speed is something that is truly world class, as Ben just put into perspective. Yeah. But he is. But he is truly like a complete wide receiver. And it's like, yeah, and it's something. It's like, and you and I will both be able to speak on this comparison. It's like with Deshaun Jackson, where people say like, oh, he's incredibly fast. He's a deep threat. Yeah, but what you forget is Deshaun runs a mean slant, and the second he gets the ball, his ability to through that slant is is, is, is game-breaking, right? Like, his yards after catch ability, because he has such tremendous speed, makes him a three-level threat because if you get him the ball in space, he's going to be excluded. I mean, that just adds a whole other layer to that, to, 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 the, to his game. It means he's more than just a deep threat guy. The other guy that I want to talk about, because we want to get to a couple of them. Um, let's do Tylen Wallace next. 
What'd you think of Tylen Wallace? Please. I, I, I as I tweeted out, Tylen Wallace has the juice. I have officially he's <laughs> decreed a juice haver. Tyler Wallace unquestionably has the juice. Uh, uh, snappy, sudden, right? Very, very fluid. Getting another small wide receiver though. Small guy. Yes. I think what is yeah. he? What he's he's a like six again, six guys. foot, one eighty. Yeah, he's probably like I would guess that he and Ruggs are probably going to tip the scales at the same level. Um, but Ruggs is hella stronger than him. Okay, but Wallace is feisty. Wallace does not go down easily. I'm not Wallace- saying he's not scrappy, but he ain't strong. I'd call yeah. Ruggs strong. Right, and listen, I'm not gonna. I am not gonna try to take anything away from. I'm not. I'm not here to compare Wallace to Ruggs. Wallace is, or excuse me, Ruggs. But you know, his number one recruit coming out, Alabama product. He's super, like you know, high motor. He loves contact. He's willing to hate Linda Lewis pads. Wallace also brings that. I agree. He doesn't have the same strength that he does. Wallace also has, and again, like what Ruggs has, because Ruggs is a very good player. But Wallace also has tremendous ability to adjust to the football, make hands catches away from his frame, diving down to the ground, adjusting when he's coming horizontally and getting the balls behind him, being able to catch over the shoulder, being able to elevate. Tylen Wallace brings all of that to the table. And like we're going to talk about a guy like Jalen Rieger uh, from TCU, who, again, similar frame. Rieger's a guy who comes in at about 5'11", you know, 190, 193, 195, whatever. Like, you know, these similar frames. So Rieger, or, excuse me, Ruggs and Wallace are able to go up and attack the football. They're willing to contest with, with larger defensive backs. They're willing to, to, to take hits physically in the air, and that expands their catch radius, even though they don't have the same length as, say, like a Colin Johnson or a CeeDee Lamb or a Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. That's where, like, a guy like Rieger is lacking. So I would still call Wallace a big catch radius guy because he's fearless. He has bunnies, tremendous elevation, adjusts really well to the football, makes those snatchy hand catches, right, where he just plucks the ball out of the air, and he's always ready to run. He's always ready to make a guy miss. Yeah, really I would does. agree. Wallace makes I, – I am very excited about Tyler Wallace. Like, like – you know, like everybody knows Judy Lamb, you know, like, like Chanel, and like even like a guy like Ruggs, Alabama, he gets the attention. Wallace at Oklahoma State has been very productive, and a lot of dynasty guys like him, but like nationally from a draft perspective, he doesn't really get much attention. He's a guy I'm very excited about. Yeah, you don't have multiple 200 yard games as a receiver. I don't care what school you're at if you're not good. And I think the Tylen Wallace is good. What did you think of his? Did you observe like his route tree at all? Because this is a guy who, you know, Oklahoma State's offense, they're tr- they're they're just trying to air this bad boy out and Tylen Wallace is the main guy that they go to all the time. Um do you think that he's just a deep threat guy or do you think he'd be a little bit more cuz his frame I, you know, he's a smaller player, so I don't know how much you're going to get out of him as a true outside receiver. Do you think he's just kind of a deep threat guy in the NFL? No, I'm I'm quite certain that he can run breaking routes without a doubt because one of the first things i wanted to say about him the suddenness is really really tremendous he's good like he's not running a ton of multi-break stuff with oklahoma state and absolutely they just want him to get vertical mm-hmm. but it's like you know with like with like when we were watching james washington right washington was just flooding the deep zones but you have to be able to manipulate route stems to generate you know the leverage angles you want to run deep posts and that's something that wallace is able to do wallace regularly works his route stem to get the angles he wants on corners especially off coverage guys which is the majority of what you're getting in the big 12 he's gonna have the same questions about how much press he sees and how good that press is when he sees it but i would call wallace a plus route runner right now so i i i very much so think that he could be a three-level threat no worries okay all right michigan guy guy i want to talk about next donovan peoples jones I like him. He reminded me a lot of the same similar kind of game that I think Tyler Johnson has. And where I, when I watch both oh, of these okay. guys, I think that they're natural dudes. Um, 
I, it pains me that I have to watch Michigan's passing offense in order to evaluate Don't this guy. Don't get me started. Whole time, I'm just screaming, please transfer, Donovan, please. Um, but that's <laughs> obviously not going to happen. And so, I mean, I, I think that when, when I'm looking at, I have his stats pulled up here, and, you know, through his freshman and sophomore year, he's got 70K. This is two years now. And this guy's been a, he's played in all 13 games. I mean, he played less when he was a freshman and more when he was a sophomore, of course. But, through two years, he's got 70 catches and 880 yards for eight touchdowns. Didn't catch a single touchdown his first year, caught eight the year after that. That's just not, I mean, that should be that should be Peoples Jones's one year stat. Like that should have been his stat for 2018 alone. And he should have even had about half of that, so more than what he had in 2017 if he was on an offense that could just pass the football. I think there's a lot of things that he does well, and I think the thing that you know, I talked about him having a well-rounded natural game like I, th- I think Tyler Johnson has. I think Tyler Johnson's a better athlete than Donovan Peoples-Jones is, but in terms of being able to do a lot of things that you ask out of an outside receiver, I think Peoples-Jones is certainly there. He's about 6'2", 210, 215, something like that. Right. One thing that I will make note of that I made sure to, to, to star or however you want to say it, he likes to block. He really likes to block. He likes to be engaged in whatever the offense is doing. I think that makes sense that he's at Michigan because they certainly – revolve their game around the ground the the ball being on the ground and being controlled and everything Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're ever really going to watch a receiver at Michigan who probably doesn't like the block because if you don't like the block you're just not going to get on the field for that offense but I saw very much a willingness to do it and I thought he had pretty good strength sometimes I thought he was overmatched so he wasn't an imposing blocker but I thought that there was consistent willingness to be a team player to be a good blocker wherever it was on the field whether he was involved in the offense or not on that play um, and that was really encouraging to me because I also thought that off the line of scrimmage, even on plays where he knew when he wasn't getting the ball, you were seeing that pep in his step. He was getting out of his stance. He was getting up the field. I think this is a guy who, and you see this a lot with wide receivers in college football because things are getting so spread out that you see these wide receivers who have a tendency to take these plays off. The plays that they know that they're not going to be getting the ball or it's coming nowhere near them. They just kind of, you could see them go about half speed for it. Peoples-Jones, I thought, was fully engaged in the offense the whole time. Um, and I thought that he, that was cert- that was something that really stood out to me, is, is how engaged he was in the offense, whether he was getting the ball or not. And I think that is an attitude of work ethic from the wide receiver position, especially for a guy that has natural ability as something else that I noted, that I'm then going to trust uh, moving forward. Because if you've got that kind of work ethic to, be a solid teammate and the best teammate that you could be and doing the little details in all the little areas of playing wide receiver, that gives me faith that you're also going to work your butt off to be the best receiver that you could be when the ball is coming towards you. So a lot of encouraging things that of Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's not going to be in my top five, but he's a guy who the mold, if you will, of what I'm getting with this guy, it transcends what I think Michigan's offense is allowing him to do right now. Yeah, I think most receivers that you look at coming out of michigan you like you know like any michigan we're talking about a nebraska kid and jd spielman though now they've got scott frost it's kind of different wisconsin michigan state like a lot of these big 10 schools like you're just gonna have to say like you know what he was asked to do there's more to playing wide receiver than that you know what i mean like as far as like especially the proportions of of, of what you're doing i like people jones people's jones as well one thing that's very interesting and peculiar to me is I watch his wide receiver film, 
And I say, I, I really like his ability to adjust. I think he makes really nice catch radius plays outside of his frame, full extension, going down to the ground. That's exciting for me. I think he's got some 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 good like like toughness. He's got some hustle to him. I don't love him as a route runner. You know, I'm like saying like, all right, like I think he's a little bit gangling. He's got that weird pulse when he starts his runs, right? When he's getting off the line of scrimmage, where he's not immediate out of there. Uh, and I don't I don't see a lot of shiftiness. And then he's a very accomplished punt returner. And I, I, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, you know. You go and you watch some of his punt return plays, and you you find them. You know, if you go for for his highlight reel, you'll see plenty of positive punt returns where he makes more than a few guys miss, and he's got some, like good change of direction. Where is this in the route running? Does he not know how? Is he just more of a linear player when he's out running his routes? What's what's kind of the, the divide here? Because for a guy who showed the elusiveness that he did as a punt returner, I would expect a better job generating separation as a route runner, but. We have a long gangling frame, the ability to eat up some ground, I think really good uh, wingspan length-wise to generate that catch radius, good hands away from his frame. I certainly think he's better than the Michigan offense is, you know, like if you want to like kind of put it that way in an umbrella term. And so, oh, you know, we've got him, uh, Tariq Black, who's been beat up and has been injured all the time. And then a couple people wanted us to watch Nico Collins. I kind of got Nico Collins out of the corner of my eye. I think that comfortably, uh, Peoples-Jones is the best of the three and has a very clear NFL future as compared to what Collins and Black give you. Nico's good though. I, I didn't. I didn't put. I didn't put him under the microscope. But I feel like the Michigan games that I watched, he was popping a little bit. I think he he's, could play. He's explosive. I'll give you okay. that. Okay. All right. Okay. There you go. I think he could play. Who's the last guy? I didn't get to watch the last guy. Who was the last guy? J. D. Spielman. Do you know what the J. D. stands for? We have Jalen Rieger out of TCU. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we got Jalen Rieger. No, talk about your dude first, and then we'll get to Jalen Rieger. Yeah, so JD Spielman is. I don't want to. I don't want to have no opinions on the last guy we talk about. No, I feel that JD Spielman, uh, Nebraska, of course. What does JD uh, stand for? JD, I'm not sure. Is it John what Dorian? JD Spielman stand for what I do know. And that is, is back to back Scrubs references uh, in the show. I love him. He's the best wide receiver here. Uh, he's going to be a, a consummate pro, round one pick, best prospect I've ever watched. Just in case Rick Spielman is listening to the podcast, Rick, shout out you. I've always loved the Vikings. Sorry about thirty-eight to seven. Your son's amazing. Go, <laughs> go Huskers. Go Nebraska. Also, Paige, if Paige is listening, go Nebraska. Um, now you guys can stop listening. It's an ad now, so go away. Um, <laughs> Spielman, Spielman, Spielman is at his best when the ball is in his hands, and he's a, he's a smaller player. He's, uh-huh. I would say. 511 185 would be my guess and he's listed by um nebraska as 59185 all right so he's even shorter than i thought he's definitely got a running back <laughs> short sort of a fit, wait right wait the school listed him slow or lower yeah the school, that the never happens 185 oh which, nebraska yeah. you gotta start cheating high guys come yeah, on you gotta pump it up he's gonna cheat high back. He's a running back sort of a frame. He's a running back sort of a player. He's had the okay. best on the balls in his hands. They run him on, you know, those those quick screens and all little jet flip passes and touch passes and such like that. And he's really good with blockers in front of him. Very willing to flip field. He's um, what you would call like a like like springy, right? Like he can put a foot in the ground and really get moving the other direction much quicker than you'd expect. Very elusive. Translates into his route running. I don't love his hands. I also don't love his physicality. Like he's feisty with the ball in his hands, but as a route runner. I'd like to see him incorporate his hands a lot more, especially at the top of his route. And then they use him downfield, but given his height, I don't know what the future is there for him. Because if you're going to be a 5'9 guy who wins downfield, you got to have burners. And I don't, I don't necessarily think Spielman is that fast. Mm. 
So Spielman is a behind-the-line touch sort of a guy. Hmm. Slot option, you're wanting to get in the ball quick in immediate areas and then let him create afterwards. From what I've seen from him right now, now he has a really wonderful opportunity in the Scott Frost offense. There's no more Stanley Morgan there to firstly gobble up a ton of targets and secondly, right. very, very productive and really, really challenge uh, NFL evaluators who have offenses who run spread concepts and say, look at what I was able to do in Frost's offense. Frost wanted to see one of the best spread offenses that we have in college football right now. You bring me into your program. You give me X number of touches a game. I'm going to be able to create for you guys. I can probably add for a bargain as well. So he is in a really good system, in a really good spot. He also, like Peoples-Jones and even Jalen Rieger, uh, needs needs some improvement at the quarterback position to really show NFL teams what he can do down the field because Adrian Martinez struggled to reach him very often. But let's, I like Spielman for what he is. Let's talk about Jalen Rieger. He's the last guy that we're going to talk about. TCU, um, what is he, about 5'11", 190, 195? i got to say that I was yes. watching some some early film of him, just some highlights, and boy, he's put on weight. They have – he is – he's been in the weight room. He's into play strength. He has been in the weight room. Yeah, that was, and okay, so there you go. I set you up. You called Jalen Rieger soft before the podcast. Go off. Go ahead. Well, no, I just, I think I think you watch some of his more exciting film. You watch some of his more explosive plays. You pull some of his 20-plus yard catches and you, his 20-plus yard runs even. Like, you know, got games against baylor and against uh you know kansas where he's like you know ripping off these huge runs touches out of the back and like sick and then i watched him play texas against chris boyd and he did not want smoke i mean chris boyd was getting in his grill down the field chris boyd was getting in his grill at the catch point and rieger was fading away from the football he was trying to make catches as far away from boyd as he possibly could he was avoiding contact with the ball in his hands and it's just very clear that rieger is not unlike spielman to me a touch player you just want to get the guy touches in space you don't necessarily want him working downfield as much now unlike spielman i think rieger could fly and so rieger has a better ability to to develop into a, a deep threat a guy who can uncover bust angles challenge safeties but when he was asked to you know work the the the, the comeback range against chris boy he was asked to work a fly against chris boy when he was asked to you know, catch screens and break some tackles. I mean, he just really, really struggled with the size that Texas was putting at him. Because Texas also has some big safeties, too. And so that really, that film was very concerning to me because you want to see your smaller guys. And we've talked about, you know, Ruggs. We've talked about uh, Tylen Wallace. And we've even talked about Spielman. You want to see them show a little more fight with both with the ball in his hands and as a route runner. And I was really, really lacking that from Rieger, who I know a lot of people like. The athletic ability is clearly there, but if you can't play big boy ball, you can't play at the NFL. And, and so uh, Rieger's got a big question to answer for me in terms of is he going to be willing to elevate, attack the football, be willing to take a hit across the middle of the field? That's that's lacking for me right now. Yeah, I I don't think his game lacks that strength like i don't think he's not strong i saw him take a couple of licks in in some of the games that i watch and he could hold on to the ball but you know i watched the texas game too and and i i see i mean like i see what you saw you know i saw chris boyd get the better of him get in his head a little bit not let him be focused not really challenge or really challenge him at the strength point of when it comes to catching the ball and so certainly that's something that you that you hope that he gets a little bit better at um do you think it was i what why don't they play him in the slot like what am i missing why are you why are you playing your 5'11", 190 guy who wins with speed and quickness consistently on the outside? 
Probably because they have nobody else. I mean, well, like, I don't know I, the rest I mean, of TCU's wide receiver core, but he's probably, just, like, by far the best they've got. Sure, but I I don't – that was really – that was so weird to me that he, he, is, he basically exclusively plays outside receiver. And they – I mean, they threw him a fade route in the Texas game, and he caught it. It was a touchdown. But, like – I, I was just right. I didn't I, I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, okay, what did I miss here? How, why is he? All of these other guys that we talk about. Well, I want to see him, you know, a little bit play some outside. Blah blah. blah. I'm over here. Like, why is Jalen Rieger on the outside? What are you doing? I don't understand. So, are they going to play? Him? I think he'd be much more productive. Much not just productive. I think his strengths would be a tenuous right, right, in the slot for sure. Right. Maybe I guess they're trying to mask a weakness by putting him in a spot that he wouldn't be as ideal which is a really weird way to coach but you know here we are i guess all right it's everybody it's all the wide receivers there's no other wide receivers there's there's no other ones you add us about the players they are fake names no there's a lot of wide receivers in this class that are really good if we missed some even if we can't get to them this week yeah, tweet them at us. Tweet the names at us because you guys did that a lot last week and we were able to put some guys on our radar and even um, guys that we're going to be watching in the future. When you guys are able to tweet us some names that we didn't know or that we haven't seen yet or whatever, it reminds us to get some film on them and get our thoughts on. As we get into the preseason here in the NFL and then when we get to kick off the college football season as well, when those guys start making plays, we'll make sure to note of them. So make sure you guys are tweeting at us if there's wide receivers that you think that we forgot. And if nothing else, but we'll have a conversation about them. You know, we'll pull up some film. You can tell us what you think. You guys watch these guys too. So we love talking about all kinds of prospects. Tomorrow, we are, of course, to Ben's uh, dread. Um, chagrin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to Ben's chagrin. <laughs> we are ranking these wide receivers we are giving you our top five wide receivers in this 2020 nfl draft class i already have my five locked because i'm a good scout and i rank them as i go on ben's the one who's not going to get any sleep tonight because he's going to be thinking about it before we record tomorrow so we're doing that we're answering all your questions i already got a peep at some of the questions because we we asked them early this (laughs) this truly ben might be our best fan friday yet yeah, fourth one in a row, baby. Records are made to be broken. Streaks got to continue. Got to always be better the next okay. week. <laughs> Fan Friday is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do the top fives. We're going to answer your questions. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.